Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church building. I believe today is a really special day. And uh, I want to ask that God just uh, really take our time and inspire us. Would you ask God just to speak to you today? And uh, let's go to him in prayer. Lord, we're just thankful just to be here, to be a part of your work. Lord, we just ask that you would take our service, continue to take our service. And God, speak to our hearts. We each come in here with different needs, different expectations. Um, But God, you will meet us right where we are every time because you love us like that. You're a good father who runs to his son. You're a good shepherd who goes and finds that lost sheep. And so God, for those of us who feel lost today, you're looking and you're calling. There's a reason we're sitting here today and you've called our name to be here. So thank you. Now lead our time, we pray in Jesus' name. Man, so uh, we've been talking about prayer and here's what I wanna do. I wanna do something really different today. I want to have a time of prayer together. Before we do that, you don't have to. I'm not going to call you out. You don't got to do anything. But if you feel led, uh, I just want to lead a little time of inspiration from Acts chapter 4. So if you got your scripture, we'll be in Acts chapter 4. Um, but as I was thinking about really what to share today, I'm at, I'm at home, Right, and um, I'm listening to my kids' conversation. Did you, parents, do you ever love listening to your kids' conversation? Or like if you don't have kids, you love listening to little kid conversations. It's just funny, you know? And um, my, my three-year-old Emery is talking to my older daughter, Blakely, who is six. And she looks at Blakely and says, Blakely, what would you think if I was red like a strawberry? <laughs> the things, I'm like, I don't. She said, well, I think you, you may need to go to the doctor, you know? Well, that's a good answer. She said, well, Blakely, what do you think if I was colorful like a rainbow? And Blakely said, well, you, you would be a lot of colors. Like, that's a pretty good answer. She said, what do you think if I was black? And Blakely said, then you'd be my dad's friend. Y'all. You know what God spoke to me so loud in that moment? It's not what you say to your kids, it's what you do. I never talk to my kids about this. She just equates that with dad's friend. I was like, God, this is just how you are to us. It's not just what you say, it's what you do that inspires us and transforms our lives. And I just want to tell you, I pray today that you'll be transformed, not just by knowing and understanding this word, but Jesus came incarnate to prove the word, to do the word. And I promise you, the Holy Spirit is still performing his word. And it's not just something to know, it's something to receive and understand and to experience. And I pray today that you continue to experience the word of God here. That's my prayer, the Holy Spirit would lead us into this time of experience, because I believe there is where we can really be bold because she was bold to say something like that because she had an experience that accompanied that. Does that make sense? 
She was bold to say what needed to be said because that had been her constant experience. And I believe uh, today we can learn from one of those experiences through Acts chapter four that would help us to actually be bold in the way that we pray to our God. If you don't understand Acts, Acts is really the book of, of just like the history of the church. It's when the church really started. And you see early on in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit shows up. You know that part of the, 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 the scriptures where the Holy Spirit shows up, he comes upon all these people. They sp start speaking in unknown languages, doing some crazy stuff. And then they start to do ministry, speak the word. And then you got this weird thing that begins to happen where people start getting healed and things, lives are changed. So in chapter three, you see Peter walking down the street. They see a guy who can't walk. And when they see him, they say, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. This guy rises and walks at a late time in his life and it sets the stage for like a riot and people start freaking out. Then the leaders get jealous and they throw these guys in jail. Once they get out of jail, something happens. They go and talk to their friends. They tell them the story. You know what I'm saying? Like anything big happened in your life, you call up everybody like, yo, check this out. Let's have a talk, you know? But it doesn't just stop there. And that's where I want to pick up. And I want to learn from their bold move right here. And then I want to share with you four moves that accompany bold prayer. They go hand in hand. And then I want to pray boldly together today. Let's read this uh, passage together once they were released from prison. So I'm going to start in verse 23. I'm going to read through 31. And then I'm going to talk about this passage for a second. When they had been released, they went to their friends and they reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, here's what they did in response. Once they talked, they talked to God. I want to encourage you. If something happens in your life and you get your friends together, don't just talk about it. Talk to the one who can do something about it, you know? So when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together, not against people, but to one who could do something. So they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their, heart, their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. What a passage. And I just wanna tell you frankly, like there's some mystery for this passage for me. And there's a lot of reasons why we have a lot of different denominations that talk about the Spirit's filling because you get uh, early in Acts when the Holy Spirit comes upon these people and fills them. And then you have another kind of time when the Holy Spirit comes upon them and fills them again to continue the work. 
So there's a little bit of mystery in here, and I'm not afraid to admit it. There's some mystery. But here's what I've experienced in my personal life. As I pour my life out for people and the ministry, I get tired in my soul. Does anybody understand what that is like? I get tired. And I think they were at that place where they were tired. I'm, we're getting arrested. Hey, this life that Jesus invited us into is getting hard. Lord, I'm getting arrested. What should I do? You know? And then the Holy Spirit comes upon them in fresh power. And the word to be filled literally means to fill to the point of bursting, like exploding out. And so there's too much going in. Something has to come out is what it means. And so the Holy Spirit coming on them, he's, he's coming on them for a specific purpose that his life might flow through them and from them. And actually something might happen. And so here's what we need. And I know from this passage, we need the Holy Spirit to do and accomplish the work that we're after. There's four things that, this, um, that I see in this passage that accompany bold praying. Did you guys understand that as I was reading it? It's like written really weird in the ESV. Does it make sense or is it kind of challenging? Because it kind of feels like when you're reading through this, well, let me see. Verse 27, for truly in this city, there were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate. It almost sounds like you anointed Herod and Pontius Pilate, right? But that's not what he's saying. They've gathered together against the anointed, which is Christ, Here's who's gathered against them, Herod and Pontius Pilate. Does that make sense? So Herod and Pontius Pilate have then fulfilled Psalm 2, which is what they're quoting right above here. So the four things, and let's jump into this, and then we'll get into our time of praying. The four things that accompany bold prayer are this. Bold prayer is accompanied by bold faith in God's word. Number one, bold faith in God's word. So what's inspiring these guys to actually pray? They're looking at their circumstance and they're going, what part of the word really speaks into this? I feel a certain way, but what's the word help me understand? They're quoting in this prayer when they pray to God, they're quoting Psalm 2. So it's very important for us to understand the word, guys. We've got to be in the word. We've got to understand how to rightly divide the word so we can actually know which way to go. Because let me tell you, sometimes when bad things happen, I'm just telling you in ministry, when you're doing good stuff and bad things happen, I feel like quitting, you know what I mean? You might just feel like I wanna run the other way and it shouldn't be this way. But what does the word instruct me to do? Because I feel like running away. Should I? Well, Lord, what did you do and what does your word say? Psalm 2 would indicate that this is very normal. This is what's going to happen. People are gonna rise up. They're going to come against the anointed one, Jesus. Now, what does the rest of Psalms 2 really help us understand? The second thing that they, uh, they had which accompanied their bold prayer was bold hope in God's Son. Bold hope in God's Son, Christ Jesus. Look at the focus of their prayer. Your servants. We're just your servants showing up here. But might your servant, your anointed one, Jesus, be exalted. Everything in their life was about Jesus, y'all. Everything in their life was about Jesus. And if everything in our life is not about Jesus, you will get sideways in this thing. It's about our Savior. 
And when we come to Christ, we are baptized into his life to join the ministry of following him. He is the head and we are a body. The body doesn't do anything that the brain doesn't tell it to do, right? So listen, he's the brain and we're the body. And some of us are like, man, to be honest with you, like, I'm not sure I really like that, you know? For us, us independent leader types, you know? I like it my way. But what we're invited into is understanding that the word points us to the way. Jesus says, I am the way. So he is our head. He is actually the thinking for us. And when we attach our lives and allow him to think for us, we will find ourselves walking down the road of freedom. But a lot of times I feel like freedom is a different way. To be honest, sometimes I think freedom is found at the bottom of a bottle. To to be honest, sometimes I think freedom is found in, in maybe another relationship. I think freedom could be found another way. And let me tell you, the times I've decided to believe that truth has ruined my life. Anybody, can, anybody with me? But every single one of us are nodding our head because every single one of us have done the same thing. That's why unless the Holy Spirit fills us to do this work, y'all, I'm gonna believe the wrong thing. I'm gonna go another direction. I'm not gonna continue to do this work because listen, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Bold faith or bold hope in God's son. But why did they have such a hope in God's son? Listen to this. In any real world relationship, it's impossible to love people with problems or need without in some sense of this sharing their problem or pain. Let me help illustrate this. Does that make sense? Or do I need to go? Let's continue. Picture this. Somebody comes to you and they say, there's some people after me. I got, I got people following me and I need your help. You're the only one who can help me. I'm innocent. There's no, I haven't done anything wrong, but people are chasing me. There's like movies made after this, right? You have a decision here. If you get in and help this person and ally yourself to them, what's going to happen to your life? It changes, and there's a potential harm coming to your life. But you, if you get involved in this person's life, you will relieve some of their problem and pain by helping them. You're going to cover them, but you're going to take on their problem or pain. Does that make sense? If you choose not to ally yourself with them, they will probably perish and die and your life will be fine. It costs you nothing. But if you get in their mess, you're going to relieve something, but you're also going to carry something. Think about this. Parents, when you have a child, um, in order for that child to thrive, you will give up your life, freedom, time, money, everything. (laughs) for them to exist and live. Think about this though. If a parent decides, hey, look, they're important, but like I'm gonna give what time I really want to them and they're, they're gonna be fine. And when I feel like it, I'm gonna feed them and I'm, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna do what I want, but like I'm gonna do it on my own time. You find that a lot more issues are in that child's life because they didn't have the proper cover or pick up or carry assistance. Does that make sense? Or likewise, maybe that parent made it all about themselves and did too much 
because parenting was less about helping this child and more about helping me. And we actually hinder their life as well. But the reason they had hope in Jesus is because many of these people were the ones who were saying, yeah, crucify him, release Barabbas. And this guy shows back up on the scene and says, I'm back, y'all, carrying all authority in heaven and earth. (laughs) And they're going, oh, well, this ain't what we really expected. And yet he said, hey, I did this for you. I carried your sin to the cross and I paid the price. I carried it all. And if you'll give it all to me, I'll carry it every single day. And the only thing I'm gonna give you in return is absolute freedom and purpose in your life. I'm gonna make the ultimate difference and give you the ultimate hope. If you'll receive it, you can have it. You see, how can God be the God of love if he does not become personally involved in our suffering and in the same violence and oppression and grief and the weakness and pain that we experience? And the answer to that question is he can't. He would not be loving if he didn't do it. So he did it. And let me tell you, we are in the only religion in the world where our God promised to step into our mess and do something about it. Every other God, every other religion says, pick yourself up and come figure God, come follow God, come get to God, come become a God. Jesus says, I'm God and I did all the work. I showed up and accomplished it. Now receive my love from me. The third bold move that has to happen for us to have bold prayers is bold love. And 1 John helps us understand this, guys. You will not love anyone unless God has loved you first. And if you know that God has loved you, then you can love yourself and you can appreciate what God is doing in you and be just totally fine and understand that, yeah, I got problems and pain, but God is in a work in my life and he's moving me in a good direction. He's giving me purpose and he's walking with me every day. And it can relieve much of our anxiety to want to need something else. Paul prayed for the early church and he prayed this. And he helped us understand that knowing and understanding love is so important. Ephesians 3, he says, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, listen to this, being rooted and grounded in love, That means drawing up life and staying secure there. So we've got to be drawing life from the love of God and we've got to be steady and stable in the love of God. You can't leave that place. And if you do, you will have no nutrition for your soul. You will not continue down this road of ministry that we're on. You won't be able to love anyone unless you're steady and secure in the love of God. You being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Listen, this is more than understanding the truth. It's beyond what we can actually comprehend in our minds. 
So how do we actually do it? If it's more than I can understand, what do I do? You come to the place of saying, I can't do it. I am in need. Which brings us to the third, the last thing is how is this possible? And this is possible by bold dependence on the Holy Spirit. Bold dependence on the Holy Spirit. I just want to be frank with you. I love to think that I'm a strong man. I love to think I can do this. There's something good in Jay. He's, I mean, Jay's not that bad of a guy. He's pretty good every now and then, you know? But the Bible helps us understand, like, look, if you see any redeeming quality in Jay Smith, you're, you're, you're seeing the literal spirit of the living God that's transformed his life. Apart from the Holy Spirit, y'all, I can be nice to you, but it is rooted in self-centeredness. It has nothing to do with the real care for you. It's only care for Jay. And apart from the spirit of God, that's exactly what my flesh is. So listen, I've met a lot of nice people that are not redeemed by the spirit of God and their niceness is all about them. And sometimes it's hard to receive and believe and you figure it out later on in life and it really hurts you, you know, when you figure out, man, they didn't really love me, you know, they weren't really... But listen, there's only way that we can love anybody is if we're filled by the Spirit of God. And we've got to start believing and understanding that, listen, I'm not going to credit Jay for anything good. I've got a lot more reason to be thankful than I thought I did. God's doing way more in my life than I thought he was doing. We can be way more thankful for the Spirit of God because he's far more at work, y'all, than maybe we even recognize. Is your life transforming? Are you starting to care for people around you? Start thanking God because that's him. Are you starting to talk different? Why would you do that unless the spirit of God is inspiring you to do that? You can thank him. I wanna start recognizing the moves of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're expecting the spirit of God to move this way or that way. But oftentimes, man, it's just a process of relationship that he's moving us in. So the fourth thing, Bold dependence on the Holy Spirit. Verse 31, when they had prayed, the place in which they gathered was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did they do? As we pray and ask God to Holy Spirit move, I wanna encourage you with this. They then responded so we can pray and ask God to move and he fills us. Um, I don't know if you ever leave church and you're inspired with like, it feels like energy. Like I wanna do something different. Anybody leave church and you're like, this is gonna be a different move in a moment, you know? I wanna encourage you, don't discount what that is. But move to action immediately. Do not wait do not, do not stop. Go immediately and begin to move in the inspiration of what the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. And I promise you, there's more to that than just a feeling for you. Listen, we leave and we go, that was inspiring. 
And we don't really have anything happen because guess what? We don't then do what they did and they continued. What did they do? Continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They left and they did something. I guarantee you in their minds, they're still thinking, yo, we might go to jail. Anybody? They're not like just blind zombies anymore. I'm still facing the same issues. I'm still facing the same enemy. But I've got an inspiration right here. I got a fire that's got to, it's got to move. They're filled to the point of, I've got, to, I've got to do something. So would you continue with him? As we pray, would you move according to the prayers that the Holy Spirit inspires us to pray? I'm not gonna lie, it made me think about a, a passage in John chapter 14. When this happened the other day, I told my kids, kids, I need you to go down there and I need you to clean up that basement. Parents, I'm sorry, I got a lot of kids stories today. I just got a lot of kids, you know? It's really what happened in my life. <laughs> and I go, hey, I need you to go downstairs and clean. And parents, what do they do? They come back up in like two, two minutes and they're like, did it, did it. I'm like, oh, did you? Let's go. I take them by the hand. I walk down there and I'm like, it is a absolute just train wreck down here. I'm like, what, what did you actually do? And they're like, no, it's clean. I'm like, listen, like, <laughs> it looks like you dumped out like the package of goldfish in that corner and like did a dance on them. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this thing's a mess. This ain't clean. And I'm like, what? I didn't, like they had got normal used to the mess that they created, you know? But when I walked them by and I was like, hey, why don't you pick this up? Because if you don't, like legit, like rats are gonna be in here and then you won't wanna play in here, you know? <laughs> or they're gonna bite you and you're gonna get some kind of weird disease. Like clean that up. Now you come over here because this is a mess and you're gonna get hurt by the tax that you found in the, in the garage, you know what I mean? But it made me think about John chapter 14 where Jesus invites people to come obey, like come follow. And he says, if you follow me, then basically the Father and the Holy Spirit and I will make our home with you. We're gonna come, we're gonna come live with you. And sometimes this is like exactly what happens in our lives. Like I get used to my life. I, I've, I've made a mess, but it doesn't feel like a mess. But I need the Holy Spirit to guide me because this is what he is. He's so kind. I ain't gonna beat my kid. <laughs> I'm gonna show them the mess that they didn't see and why they never saw it. I'm gonna help them clean up so they have a different environment, so they have a better experience tomorrow because I love my kids. This is why we need the Holy Spirit to help us and guide us. Would you, right now, you got a card and what we're gonna do I just, I, I wanna invite us into this time of actually trusting the one who has promised to come and dwell and live with us. And here's what I know. The scripture says, and it's very clear, basically in 1 John, I, he writes to us and says, I want you to know this. If you have believed in Jesus, then the spirit lives in you. Did you know that? If you have believed and called on Jesus, that is only, only way that happens is if the Holy Spirit has inspired that to happen and he now resides in you. It might not feel like that. That's the truth. That's what the word helps us understand. So here's what I believe about many of you sitting in this room. 
You've called on the name Jesus, been baptized into his life, and you've declared you want to follow him. That means the Holy Spirit is inspired in you. Would you ask him, maybe according to what we've talked about tonight, what should I pray over my church? What has God inspired you to pray over our community? And here's what I wanna do. I wanna take the next 10, 15 minutes. And as you ask God what that prayer is, would you write that down? And if you feel led, I'm gonna invite you to pray that over our church today. And I want you just to leave these prayers here because they're gonna be up for the rest of our series. But these are our prayers over our church. And I believe that um, God moves according to the prayers of his people. So the scripture inspires us to do. And so we're gonna step in and believe the word. Let's believe. Let's believe the word and let's believe he will inspire us. And then let's pray with boldness what we desire to join God in his work in Knoxville. Take the next couple minutes Music will play. And then the first one of y'all who wants to go, I want you to pray over us and we will join you in prayer together. This time is now. My prayer is based on Isaiah 6 and Ephesians 4. Your voice, Almighty God, still asks who to send and who will go for us. May we as a church reply, here we are, send us, united in love, by one spirit, one Lord, and one faith, under one God. Praying for the community, the Lord gave me Matthew 5, 3 through 11. Because I feel like there's a lot of people in our community that are in this place. Um, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness for their sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. As I was praying, the word, just the fear of not knowing just kept coming up. I was like, what does that mean? I'm praying that for this church, for all of us, even in our, our individual lives, that the fear of not knowing would be subject to the fear of God. Whether that may be not knowing the next or not knowing what to say or how to say his truth to someone. So, yeah. 
And I pray that we will let the Holy Spirit loose in our lives to speak the truth of the gospel into every area of woundedness that we see, to break the lie of every lie we come encounter with that are controlling people's lives, to reveal the truth, Jesus Christ, who will set them free and set them free indeed, to do that with every person that we meet, every place we go, to just let the Spirit loose, let Him speak, through us, act through us, love through us, and enjoy the adventure. Um, what I have to say is uh, I, I pray for confidence and boldness that the Holy Spirit will move in our church and all the churches, that believers will open their eyes to the mysteries of the Holy Spirit. And I'm a person that's very shy and quiet, and sometimes I'm fearful to talk to others about Jesus. But I've been feeling more and more um, urgency to tell others about Jesus, to share the gospel, to, to just share, you know, what Jesus has done for me. And I know this is what God wants us to do. And um, I just pray that there's more of this in each one of us and in the church. pray for our church that we'll make Jesus known boldly and that we'll be forgiving to one another in our church when we're offended so that God's love will shine out to those around us. I came up with uh, just three words um, and a quick explanation, but peace, understanding, and calm. Um, peace in the hearts of everybody who comes in here, because um, we come in here with a lot most of the time. Um, and then understanding of the words spoken and, of the, and understanding of those around us, because we all, again, have a lot when we come in here. Um, and then the last thing, calm. Calm in the face of adversity. Um, that our le leaders currently face and continue to face. Um, but that's not just our leaders, that's also us. And we've all, once again, got a lot when we come in here. A prayer of mine a lot of times is, uh, and tonight, is uh, that God would bless the church leaders, the leaderships that we have, and their families, uh, just... I pray for blessings for them. Uh, also pray for God's Holy Spirit would just move freely here. I feel like it does, and I, I don't want that to stop. Uh, that Satan would truly be bound here, and, and that God's Holy Spirit would just uh, move freely. Uh, and, and that God would move in each of our hearts, that we are never the same. And also pray blessings on all the church members and that they would experience true freedom in Christ. And I pray that this church would be used in mighty ways 
in this community, in Knoxville, and in the world. I have a similar similar prayer, and it's for Midtown. And I pray that God will lead Midtown to reach the lost of East Tennessee so that more of the lost will come to know Christ and East Tennessee and our state will become sort of its own sanctuary state, if you will, for believers in Christ and that more are called to be believers. Um, As I was praying, I was really reflecting on a lot of the stuff I'm struggling with right now, but also if anybody else is struggling with this as well, uh, just that we would have the boldness to look past our pride and selfishness and not just be secure in our own salvation, but to step out and be bold enough to actually love the ones that we say we love and not just do it with our words, but with our actions. My prayer is uh, just allow God to guide our thoughts in the right direction. You know, a lot of people in this day and age, they have a lot of influence and a lot of things coming into their lives that, uh, you know, they can block some things. And I just want people to know that your thoughts are the only things you got and let him fortify those things, fortify your being, fortify your soul, and just let him feed you. I wanted to pray to be put at a table of my enemies, to be boldly used, to show my enemies the glory of you, Lord, to forgive my enemies and love and uplift and build them into pillars of your glory, Lord. I pray to share and obey your will as if my own, to be sent into an Egypt that you led me out of so I can do another for a brother as you have for me. My prayer for this church is that, and the community in it, is that we take chances and new opportunities to seek the kingdom and be filled with his presence and be overflowed by his grace and also reach the community in ways that will share the good news and love the way he loves. My prayer for Midtown is what I see already when I first started coming here, and that is Um, the desire to step into people's lives. And the Lord was saying to me that Jesus himself, if you read in Matthew, it says, Jesus moved with compassion and mercy. Jesus moved with compassion. Jesus moved with mercy. Before, many times, he reached out and touched people. And I would love to see Midtown be a church moved with compassion and mercy that we are willing to step out, as many have spoken here earlier, and um, to reach and to touch the lives of others. When Jesus is teaching about prayer to his disciples, he's basically talking about, and he says, how much more will the Holy Spirit 
our, how much more will our Father give to them the Holy Spirit to those who ask? It means God wants to give you His Spirit. He wants to. The rest of the passage that TC spoke, if you pray anything according to God's will, He hears you. And if He hears you, then we can be sure that He has answered. Why? Because He loves you that much. And when you join Him like that, He has answered because He's called you to pray that. He's invited you. You have less to do with inviting him. He's God. You've just joined him by joining his will. When you join his will, be ready because it's coming. Now, my prayer is that as he sends us out of this room, he will be answering these prayers. He's about to use us. So prepare your hearts and get ready to continue in boldness. Will you surrender your vessel to be filled and used? Here I am, God. Now I expect you. Now the person that calls out to me, it's opportunity. Not a should, but God wants, you know? Like God's in it. God's right in the middle of it. So Father, here we are. And we say, here we are, send us. We're available. We're not perfect, but God, we're not worried about our imperfections. We're more confident in your presence. We're not focused on the things that we lack we're focused on the more that you are. So we rest in the fact that you've redeemed us and called us. We rest in the fact that you have poured your presence into us. And we rest in the fact that you said you would never leave us, not until the end. You're with us, God. So we give you our lives. And if there's places in our life that needs cleaning up, needs surrender, take those aspects, show us those things, open our eyes and send us to those in need. And fill our mouth with good things to say. Inspire us, oh God, with your word and your truth. Thank you for the work that you're doing here. Thank you for calling us by name to be here today. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.